Welcome to Nepal Now, the podcast where we discuss new ideas and approaches to move the country forward. My name is Marty Logan. I hope you don't mind a slight digression to start. A few weeks ago, I met a friend, someone I see every few months. One of the first things he said to me was, I see your podcast is on a break. We chatted for a while, and later I realized that I had no idea he kept up with the show. This has happened to me regularly this year. Every so often I meet someone who says they've been listening or that they met someone who mentioned Nepal Now. When I started the show more than two years ago, I imagined it becoming a viable piece of journalism, one that might generate a buzz or at least a mention among people interested in development and positive change. From what I can tell, that has not happened. I think we've gathered a small audience, like my friend above, which is relatively stable, but not evidently growing. This has discouraged me, and I will admit, after musing over the future of Nepal now regularly during the past couple of years, that I might discourage too easily. But now I also wonder if I failed to communicate clearly to you, dear listeners, my vision for the podcast. So I will say very clearly now, I'm not doing this as a hobby, but as a journalism initiative. And frankly speaking, I think that we could have, and should have, more listeners. But I need your help to spread the word and attract more fans. That's how we will make Nepal Now a sustainable venture. So please, Share this episode with at least one other person you think would like it. You can click on the share icon, the one with the up-pointing arrow, in your podcast app, which is probably where you're listening now. On social media, it's even easier. Just share one of our posts on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Thanks very much. Now, on with the episode. Today, we're chatting with Sanjeev Chowdhury. He's a communicator I got to know through his Twitter account, where he posts about the food, flora, and fauna of Nepal's Tarai, or Plains region. Many of his tweets are about the culture of the Taru indigenous people, who are native to the Tarai, or Madesh region. Sanjeev himself is Taru. And now, since it seems to be a day for speaking frankly, I have to tell you. When I invited Sanjeev on the show, I assume that his social media activity was driven by Taru nationalism or Madeshi nationalism. But after you listen to our conversation, I think you'll agree that's probably not the case. Sanjeev just wants to share the new things that he discovers on his travels. And one other confession. I put Sanjeev through the nerve-wracking experience of recording this episode in visual as well as audio format. Sure, he works in communications, so putting on a lapel mic, posing for cameras, and being told you can move your hands here, but not there, was nothing new to him. But it's still something he didn't sign up for when I invited him on the show. So thank you, Sanjeev. This episode will be available on the Nepal Now YouTube channel. Yes, we do have one of those, as soon as I work up the nerve to see how funny I looked on video. Please listen now 
to my chat with Sanjeev Chaudhary. Namaste, Marty. Thank you for inviting me to your show. I know you from Twitter. Uh, that's We haven't met before now, actually. Um, so I know you from reading your tweets. And I think what really uh, impressed me is that you're, you're tweeting about things that not a lot of people are tweeting about. You're not focused on politics. But it's been a lot of culture, food, flora, fauna, that kind of thing, um, about Taru culture, uh, but about Madesh culture in general, I think, yeah. the place you're from. Yeah. So I definitely want to talk about your motivation for doing that. But first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself, some background, where are you from? Thanks, Marty. So my background is completely different from what I do. So I'm a chemical engineer by training. And I did a lot of work like making cement, making beer, making noodles that people eat every day. But uh, I started again doing something different, which I always wanted to do. So I started working as a copywriter. So I did my master's and I started writing copies for advertisements. I was doing that in Delhi, but it was really, really hard to get up the ladder, corporate ladder you need a lot of uh, struggle to get up there. So that's why I came back in Nepal and I started writing copies for advertisements. It was really fun to do. And yeah, a lot many people, uh, I mean, like they started knowing me and I was really enjoying the job. But at the end, I thought that ah, I should do something more. So I started uh, doing development communications. So I have done like marketing, public relations, and then communications and knowledge management. So these are the four or five things that I do. And I really enjoy that. Wow, that's quite a journey from engineering to yeah. development communications. So you said you were working in Delhi, but you are from Nepal. Where did you grow up actually? Where were you born? So I was born in uh, Saptari, uh, which is the eastern part of Nepal. But just after I, like, I turned into like uh, a one-year-old kid, I was brought to Kathmandu and then uh, I'm here in Kathmandu for the rest of my life. So uh, I I'm like grew up uh, in Baneswar, Baneswar area, uh, uh, which is called Lakhechor. Uh, it used to be like all paddy fields around that area, but right now it's only like concrete jungle. Yeah, I see that. So, Right. Yeah, I mean, even I noticed that, and I've only had a connection with Kathmandu for 20 years. I noticed uh, leaving and then coming back. Yeah. After five years, huge changes in Kathmandu. So you ended up living in Kathmandu. Did you travel back and forth? Like, did you have family that you visited? Or So I, we used to have holidays, winter holidays, uh, which is called uh, Min Pachas. So we used to have like a holiday of 50 days. So during that time, I used to go back to my village. And uh, during the summer, sometimes I used to go back to my village. So as I said uh, at the beginning there, I know, I know you from Twitter. That's how I, I got to know about you and your work. And um, the fact that you're tweeting and communicating about these very unique topics, right? Food, flora, fauna, that kind of thing. What, what got you interested in, in doing that yes. instead of sports or politics? Or so actually, I, I'm uh, quite a food connoisseur as well. So I like food. I like culture. I like art. So if you see my tweets, it's, uh, they're all about food, culture, and tradition, and things like that. But 
I joined Twitter a long time ago in around like 2006, I guess. It was as early as that, but I hadn't used Twitter much. But when I visited our Nairobi office, so Kenya, so I met with a friend uh, who did the thing called A to G of uh, Kenyans on Twitter. And then he started tweeting and he came up with a book. Can you imagine? I mean, like he thinks about some issues which is represented by letter A, then B and C. And then he came up with a book. It was really fascinating. So when I saw him, when I interacted with him, I thought that I should be doing something like that. But when I came back, uh, I was working at the same time and even I was like studying. So I, I couldn't uh, do the same sort of thing. So I thought, let me um, do something uh, about my culture, about my place, because not many people know about uh, the peculiar foods from Madhes, from Tarai or from like Tharu area and they don't know about those things so I thought let's start doing that so I started tweeting about food, places, culture and even tradition the unique things that you see in Tharai which many people don't uh, get to see in the mainstream media You hit the nail on the head, it's something you don't uh, read or hear much about in the other media. Has it been a learning process for you as well because not having grown up there? Yeah, it's been a learning process for me as well. But uh, I guess uh, whenever I go back to my place, uh, I really see I mean, like so many different food, uh, food items, so many different type of uh, fruits. Uh, for a few months back, I tweeted about uh, a fruit called jalebi, which looks like uh, in Nepali we call it jeri. Right, in the, Hindi the, jalebi. Yeah, so yeah. people in Kathmandu they haven't seen that uh, that fruit, but uh, it used to be a really a delicacy when we were kids. And then there are certain uh, f vegetables which you get only in hot, hot bazaars. So we have this thing, uh, bi-weekly markets, makeshift markets, where you get uh, fruits and vegetables from uh, forests, which not many people know about. So whenever I go, I'm always in lookout for those things, some interesting stuff, and I try to eat everything. So <laughs> I find it really, really interesting. Somebody might feel it a little bit bitter, or a little bit uh, sweeter, but I like all sort of tastes, so yeah. So how do your relatives and friends there uh, in Saptari or wherever you're traveling in, in the Madesh, how do they feel about you being so interested in this? Do they, do they find it a bit odd, or are they really proud and happy that you're so interested in yeah. the culture and the... Yeah, so, so th there are two things about that. So I always take my camera, I, I used to do a DSLR and I used to I mean, like take pictures of all the plants and the fruits and whatever I, mean, like I could find on the street. So they used to look at me curiously, uh, what this guy is doing? Uh, and they used to ask, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just documenting them. Because people from outside uh, Saptari, they don't know about these things. So we should tell them that, oh, these are really good things that they should try when they come to Saptari. And this has, I mean, like expanded to other places as well. So whenever I travel to some other districts, if I see something interesting, then I click the pictures and I try to tweet and I, I try to write a little bit about those things. Are you thinking specifically about uh, the Tarai? The the Tri area rather than the hills or the mountains? Like, do you see yourself as communicating about this particular region and culture, or it just happens you're, you're from there? 
No. So uh, I try to, that's why I have a hashtag called Everyday Nepal. So <laughs> I try to do, every, uh, I'm from all the areas, whether it's hill or mountains or Tarai. But generally, I keep on traveling to Tarai much more than uh, I get to the Himalayas or to the hilly areas. That's why you see a lot of tweets from that area. So whenever I travel to hilly areas as well, I try to get something new and I try to post it on Twitter or Instagram. But generally, it's from uh, the Tarai. And what, what kind of reaction are you getting from people online? Ah, because of those tweets, uh, uh, I see a lot of engagement as well, and I see a lot of uh, communication as well. So I have met with not many food bloggers. We got to know each other online. So recently, uh, I met with Laila Kajim, who is a food presenter for BBC Radio 4. And we got connected and then she inter interviewed me at uh, uh, the Blue Dot Festival, uh, which is organized every year in Chesar uh, in the UK. So okay. that makes the connection. And that's what keeps me ticking all the time. Okay. So whenever I post anything uh, on the Twitter, then my friend from Jamaica, she sends a DM to me. This is really nice thing. So you're talking about people outside Nepal. How about Nepalese? As you said, people didn't know about jalebi, the fruit, right? Yeah. And I'm sure people don't know about yeah. a lot of other things that you're talking about, let alone foreigners who, of course, wouldn't know about most of these things. Do you get responses from Nepalese as well? Yeah, so the good thing is that uh, even um, I won't take the names, but I'm like, they're really big names in the media as well. I know them personally, so they have DM'd me and they asked me about things like that as well. So yeah, because of these uh, tweeting, these little things, uh, I have made friends and they're like, uh, I know a lot many people and that really makes me happy and that keeps me going all the time. And I, I get the sense talking to you that you're not driven so much by the need of, you know, promoting your culture, but is, is that part of it? Like, do you see yourself as kind of you know, bringing the Taru culture to wider communities in Nepal and beyond? Or is it more you're just sharing local, the local food and flora and fauna that you know? So I just started sharing everything. I, I didn't want to make any connections or anything like that. I wanted to uh, just promote uh, the local dishes, the local fruits and vegetables or local culture. But I'm like, now it has ended up that uh, into a sort of uh, promoting Taru culture. But I don't want to, I mean, like, uh, get uh, into that small circle promoting Taru culture. I'd just like to promote anything that I see on the way. But actually, it has really helped the Taru culture and uh, Taru people and even people from Tarai as well. So now uh, many people know about uh, little things that, that they didn't really care about earlier. And do you think this will have a, like a positive impact on, on the culture in the sense that, you know, people will have some more pride, maybe the fact that you're talking about it, like an outsider is coming and talking about our things, our day-to-day -day food and the way we live. Do you see that having an yeah, impact? Yeah, I guess uh, I'm seeing a lot of impact of that small thing. So now I see there are like so many Instagram channels and when people uh, tweeting about things from Mithila, uh, actually uh, it's a region that covers India, certain parts of India and certain parts of Nepal as well. And even people, young people from Tarai, they have started doing that. So I see many Taru boys and girls, they have started 
tweeting about the food and culture, things like that. And some of them asked me, do you know about this thing? Do you know anything, I mean, like uh, in detail about this culture or these fruits or anything? Do you know uh, scientific things, academic research about these things? So we help each other. So I guess it has motivated other people also. Mm. And you see, like, there are, like, a lot of online channels. So they have also started writing about food and culture rather than politics. Right, right. I like that. I think there's enough politics, yeah. writing about politics yeah. going on. So in a way, you're becoming a bit of an expert. I, I won't say I'm an expert, but, uh, yeah, whenever I... Because uh, I come from that scientific background, so I try to read in detail whether if I find anything online about uh, those items, those uh, food and dishes or anything. So I try to uh, search research articles related to them so that we have the scientific base as well, rather than just uh, talking, just talking to anybody. I've seen you post questions, like you, you post a photo and then say, do you know what this is? Have you ever come across something that you weren't able to identify or do you always know beforehand? I try to search uh, online and I try to ask my friends what this thing is. But I mean, like, when I uh, don't get any answers from them, from them, then I just post questions online. Then somebody else comes and says, oh, this is this, is this fruit, this is this uh, plant so I mean like I see a lot of people answering back and one interesting thing happened so when I posted a picture of star fruit which is in my kitchen garden so I wrote a small post saying that this is star fruit and we call it cabrang in Nepali then an Odia friend of mine from Odisha he replied back oh we have similar name. And then another friend from Bangladesh, he said, oh, we have similar name. So now I know that uh, this uh, Tharu language is quite related to Odia and Bangla. So because a um, lot many words, they are similar. That's one interesting thing. We have uh, uh, dried vegetables. So uh, during the uh, winter time, uh, we collect green mustard leaf, mustard leaves and then uh, we wrap them in, what do you call that, powder of uh, black gram. And then we sun-dry, sun-dry them and store them for rainy days. Mm -hmm. So we call them birria. I was wondering why we call, uh, call that stuff birria. Because in Nepali, bernu means to wrap, but uh, in our language, uh, there's no word called bernu. So I just posted that thing online and this friend from uh, Odisha, he says that, oh, this is interesting because uh, in Odia, uh, the black gram is called beer. So then I wrote a post about it saying that, see how the languages are connected mm -hmm. and they do have similar sort of dishes as well. So because uh, it is made by using beer, so it's called birria. Uh, it's not like in Nepali, uh, you are wrapping something and then you are making into uh, sun-dried vegetable. So Sanjeev, I know your work from Twitter, but you say you're also on Instagram. Are you, do you use them equally or where are people more likely to find your posts? Instagram, you get to write long story as well. So uh, I'm on Instagram as well, but I started quite late. So 
I started around like 2015 or 16. So I used to write long stories about all those things because Instagram gives, gives you that much uh, facility to tell the whole story. Uh, but sometimes in Twitter, I do the thread as well. But I, I really don't like to do the thread thing because somebody ends up uh, retweeting the last one and then rather than uh, retweeting the first tweet, they end up uh, retweeting the middle one or the last one. So that's why I really like Instagram. But Instagram, you have different sort of people. So there are like a lot of young people there and people who are into photography. Mm. So you need good photography as well. So, But I have stopped using DSLR. So I use my simple camera phone. And that's why I guess I don't get much engagement, but still, I mean, there are a few really good followers uh, who really talk about food, who really talk about culture, and we keep on engaging uh, from Instagram as well. So people who want to read uh, the long form of story, they get uh, into Instagram. Uh, but uh, Twitter is just like informing people uh, about these things. and. I don't have much uh, many followers, but still, I, the followers that I have, they're like quality followers. So I really enjoy. I'm mean, like whenever they ask any questions or uh, they tag me asking, Sanjeev, can you tell a little bit about this thing? Then I'm really happy to reply back to them. Mm. Yeah, I mean that sounds quite gratifying that people are yeah. seeing you as a source of this information. So how long have you been doing it now? So. I have been doing these things for like, I started blogging from 2006 itself, but uh, because of my work uh, and things, uh, I have left blogging, not completely, but uh, I have shifted to microblogging. So that's why I'm into Instagram and Twitter, so that I don't need to spend much of my time researching and writing, but still I try to research a lot. Right, because you have a... You have another job, like a paid job, right? Yeah, that you have to yeah. spend time on. Are you? Do you um, communicate about these things like daily or every couple of days? Or so I try to uh, tweet every day, but generally uh, these days it's like uh, two or three tweets in a week and two or three posts uh, a week in Instagram. But when I started, I used to do every day. So I used to write uh, on Instagram every day because there were like a lot of new things that I wanted to talk about. So, but, but still, I mean, like if I get to new place, I, I get new things and I, I can start writing about those things. So have you always been this curious about things or is it something that developed? I later? was always curious about like reading and writing all those things, but uh, I never, I mean, like uh, thought that I would be doing this thing. And so what, I mean, if you look ahead five years or even just three years, do you think you'll be doing more of this and kind of less of your paid work? Would you like to do it that way? Yeah, I, I guess. So um, I guess I'll be doing a lot of YouTube thing as well. So I see now I'm like people are into visual thing rather than reading. They like seeing things. So I'll be doing a lot of YouTube and a lot of uh, podcast as well in the future. So, yeah, it will take a lot of my time and I'm trying to minimize my job as well. So if I, I mean like shift into doing full time uh, into podcasting and YouTube thing, then I'll just do part time work. That sounds like a, a great recipe for me. I, I yeah. like that idea. Yeah. So best of luck. Keep it up. I'll keep following you on Twitter. I'm going to check out your account on Instagram now, too. I haven't done that yet, so I'll definitely check it out. 
Thank you, Marty. And I'll try to put more interesting things uh, on my Instagram and on my Twitter. So. Ah, it's no, you don't have to worry about it. It's already yeah, interesting. Just keep doing it. Thanks. So th thanks for talking to me today. Thank you, Marty. Thank you to Sanjeev Chaudhary for chatting with me today and for co-starring in the first video episode of Nepal Now. By the way, filming the podcast was only an experiment. We're not sure that we'll be doing more. But if you catch it on our YouTube channel, let us know if you think we should keep rolling. Don't worry, we can take it. We're tough. Okay, I've definitely said enough for today. My name is Marty Logan. I produce Nepal Now, and I'll talk to you again soon.